And just like that, we are heading towards the playoffs, the final week this week, Boxhead, after another crazy week of action in the NFL. One week to go, yep. And as a result, with the one week to go, a lot clearer picture. Both the number one seeds after the results now locked up. The Ravens are the number one seed in the AFC, the 49ers in the NFC, and no surprise, both the Souths still open to win. Well, yeah, one's a little bit higher quality than the other. Uh, the AFC, I think, the teams in that that um, division have performed better than the NFC teams, that's for sure. The, yeah. NF- the NFC one, they should just be wiped from the playoffs. Well, for, <laughs> for those two in terms of the head-to-heads this week, if the Bucks win, they are in. If not, Atlanta or the Saints both have a chance, but there's more teams in the wild card hunt on that side, so that spot would be open. Uh, in terms of the South, it's straightforward. If the Jags win, they are in. If they lose, Colts or Texans will win that division, and there's a possibility that still two of those three teams get a wild card. One win, sorry, and the other one gets in. So that's that's my point. It's a bit it's open. A lot more quality in that division. <clears throat> yeah, in terms of the others, mostly locked up. Uh, not a whole lot more to play out. Just the wild card race. It's a lot more open in the AFC side of things. Oh, sorry, less open in the AFC side of things. The only one with some real serious implications, I guess, is the Bills. The Bills can end up with a two-seat or miss the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, depending on the results. For them, um, obviously a big game against the Dolphins, but... It's a good time to get Miami. Pittsburgh will be hoping that the Ravens rest players, if that is the case. I think they've announced that they're going to rest players. Yep, and there was another result uh, that was going to directly impact that as well. So I think for the Bills, they're feeling a little bit more comfortable than what they would have been. Uh, Otherwise, yeah, I think it's... You, like you're going to treat this like a player. Well, that's what they've been doing. They haven't been doing it well, but nevertheless, let's move on. Let's jump in and have a look at that week. Browns Jets 37-20. We talked about this a little bit last week. It was a blowout until late 27-7. The Flacco situation couldn't have worked out any better than what they'd hoped. Yeah, pretty. He's coming and been competent, and mm. they've got a good team around him. Simple as that. The Jets are a dumpster fire. Mm. Well, yeah, we, yeah, we spoke about this game on last week's podcast. So. And for them, I guess, similar situation to what he was in with the Ravens previously. They're up there with the Ravens this year. Yeah. Top two defences. Different class. He's competent. Um, he's certainly opened up the passing game, and they dominated this one for the Jets. Another move this week, Dalvin Cook released. So he's hoping to get picked up by a playoff contender. He barely had 60 touches. Wasn't exactly the most productive year, so obviously hoping that one of these teams is looking to add someone of quality to the roster despite the fact he didn't have a huge contribution? Yeah, I think it was a Rodgers move. And then when Rodgers didn't work out, you know, the Sandcastle fell down, didn't it? So, yeah. And that, well, at least that's what they're, that's what they've, how they've reacted, how they've responded, how they've recruited, how they've handled the season. Because once Rodgers went out, it was just like, oh, well, see you next year, basically. Mm. So... Yeah, I don't have an issue with it. Yeah, Jets make that move with him probably Good asking. Him. Yeah, well, he's the one who would have asked. There's been a couple that have asked in the last few weeks. Playoffs when you've, like you said, to get the chop. 60, 60 touches all year. Mm. And hope they get picked up. Um, the other one, still no news on was Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz obviously got off the Arizona roster hoping he'd get picked up. Still nothing yet. Still some time. And one that was waiting all year who popped back up on the radar the last few weeks was Indama Kinsu. He obviously popped up with the Rams... Popped up with the Bucks, has done a couple of one-year deals, hasn't been touched by anybody this year, but there's a few guys that are hovering. 
Mm. So interesting to see if anyone makes any moves. But let's get on to... Well, you'd to... think Miami would be looking at him with Chubb going out. Well, two down now in terms of edge rushes, yeah. But if they want to add They had him in there previously, though, I think. And... To the interior. Um, different sort of position, I guess, but can certainly strengthen their front. Mm. But I think he was hoping that Philly or somebody might look at him again, given the, their struggles at the back end of the year. But no Dumb, one's got like knocking. Dallas. Dallas could do with Dalvin Cook. Extra running back, mm. yeah. Could do with a better tandem. I think, you know, Cleveland, since they lost Chubb, like Pierre Strong, Hunt, Ford, they've been doing an okay job, but not a great job. That's another roster that someone could take a running back on. Yeah, it'd be interesting. But Cook's obviously hopeful. Uh, let's get on to one that was a bit more controversial, the Cowboys-Lions game, 2019. It was crazy. There's no doubt about that. It was a back and forth. Well, it was a good game. It was a good game. It was a really good game. Showed again, though, I think, on both sides. Cowboys, zero running game. Pretty much what you're pointing out. Pollard is the feature back. It hasn't quite worked how they'd hoped. Worked much better in tandem with a power back. Uh, Dak and CD were pretty much the heartbeat of everything that happened for them. On the flip side, the Lions were able to move the ball, in particular on the ground. It's just that every time they seemed to get in good field position, field goal range or red zone, they either had a turnover or they kept doing run plays from shotgun and getting caught in the backfield after a big gain, then a big loss. Mm. So this one was sort of a back and forth. And if anything... I think the Cowboys should have shut this one out, but late, they went pretty strange with the play calls. They didn't run the clock down. They gave the ball back, and then they played prevent and just let the Lions walk up the field. They did, yeah. So yeah, I, It was a similar situation for Dallas as a week before. They let a, a late drive roll down the field. It should have been a touchdown. The refs obviously made a big poo-poo there. So. Mm. Yeah, concerns for Dallas's defense late in games, been able to hold teams out because their offense again did the job, put them in a position to win, and yeah, you know, it's another game that they should have lost late, but the yeah the refs call obviously bailed them out. Yeah, there was multiple takes on it afterwards, but when they downgrade the crew, you hear a lot of what's been said or all the opinions. What's the multiple take? Matter. Like it was quite clear. Yeah, I get that. He but... reported so, and the refs fucked it up. Mm. Um, and you don't want to see you that. Know, it, Dan Campbell was... He was pretty good, I thought. Crazy for then going for it from the seven. Three times. Had the penalty. Like, I thought maybe that'd be enough for somebody to get in his ear and calm him down a bit. Because it was it was almost... not I wouldn't say ego. But... Yeah. Well, it's he, just he, like, well, we're going for it irrespective he of... He clearly wanted is. to like, just win. He didn't want to risk it in overtime. But at the same time... But risk it in overtime. Like, you from the seven-yard line... You get a chance to respond in overtime now. It's not like... It almost becomes a passing play. Like, it doesn't become a dual play like it does from the one of the two. I, yeah, I thought it was... Yeah, extremely questionable, the call. Uh, and someone should have got in his ear and said, look, let's just go to overtime. Like, you... They had all the momentum at that point anyway, particularly if they won the toss and got the ball back. Like, I'm not sure. Dallas couldn't stop them in the series before, and Dallas looked tired. Like, I would have happily said, yeah, give us the ball and we'll, we'll roll down the field on you again. Well, plus you get a chance to respond now. In the past, you didn't. So over time, it was a bit more questionable. With a field goal, yeah. So not with a touchdown. You, you could have at least gone in and backed yourself there to win the toss or defend yeah. for a series. But for them now, like, rightly or wrongly, again... Do you think it's a 50-50 chance from the seven? I don't think it is. The way that the percentage, be. like if you ran, if you said you have to score on one of every two plays from the seven, I don't think the the probability would be fifty percent. I think it'd be lower. No, it'd be lower. Which is and and the probability of winning the coin toss is fifty percent. Like straight away, if you want to play probability, like 
I thought it was a no-brainer to go to Overtime. I think the only thing, maybe, like, the drive wasn't exactly... I'm not, not saying it was all the Cowboys, but a lot of it was the Cowboys playing pre-vet. They essentially just gave them that buffer and they just kept taking 10, 20 yards. I understand that, but they were on the field. So maybe he thought, well, this opportunity here, minutes. let's take it. Let's go for it. But yeah. regardless, it was the wrong call and the one-seed opportunity is gone. Probably a possibility the two-seed. So their playoff picture looks a lot different now. They'll be on the road more than likely after week one if they win. Yeah. So it could have changed the outlook for them. Big for the Cowboys with the Philly loss as well as 49ers, both beneficiaries. 49ers now the number one seed locked in, can rest this week, can rest Debo, McCaffrey, anyone who's got some issues essentially for two weeks. The biggest takeaway, well, my biggest takeaway in the fallout of this is that the NFL don't have full time officials. Hmm. It's crazy. That's mental. I think the NBA went through a similar thing for that a while where crews, like some are full time. Ridiculous. But some of the crew aren't. Well, no, then they don't have full time officials. Hmm. Well, I think only a handful are. It's main, a multi-billion-dollar business, mm. and I don't know. It just boggled well, my NBA mind. Is the same, which is. I'm not talking about the NBA. No, I'm talking I'm saying, about that, that crew sport, was market. not are not full-time employees. They've mm. all got part-time jobs. But that's ridiculous. Their sporting market. When you're talking, I don't about care. It. That's ridiculous. It's I get just it. A stupid being Australian, we are full-time referees, and our have much smaller sport. Hence money, why I'm making the point. point. Their sporting that's market. I think that would be a given. No brainer. But it's not. It's the biggest sporting competition in the world. I would think. Close to, yeah. but yeah. Without full-time officials. Boggled my mind. Big decision, um, but for the Cowboys, turns out to be a great result. They've got a chance to lock up their division. They beat Washington this week. Uh, they're more than likely the two-seed. So they can stay at home <coughs> until the AFC yeah, Championship. Yeah, a big break for Dallas. Considering huge, their huge road record. Um, but yeah, Dak was great. He's probably one that's proved me wrong this year. I haven't really been big on him over multiple years, but... I think the biggest thing that's come back after that major leg injury a few years ago was when he moves. Yeah. Just their last, their last drive didn't impress me. Like I put more of that down to the fact that he just can't run the ball. They're putting his hands all the time, but I think he's making plays. They threw the ball on th- I think it was on third down. Like, they, they went for like minutes, a Hail Mary and stopped the clock. Two minutes 25 to go. I was like, just fucking run the, run the ball. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. What would I know? <clears throat> it was a, yeah, head scratcher. Uh, for the Lions, they'll be hopeful that Jemison Williams, who started to warm up, made a big play in this game, is okay. He had an ankle injury, um, came off late in the piece after being a big feature. It was a tough day for a few of their players, but I'm sure they'll take some confidence about the way they responded and getting into that situation. I guess now it's how you how you react from that adversity. And Dan Campbell certainly looks like he's oh, taking his stride. Yeah, that'd be fine. So looking forward to watching them this week. But moving on, Texans-Titans smash up. 26-3. to three. Um, They eased their way through this game. Levis got injured early, came into it hurt. Tannehill, with no run game, wasn't able to get a lot going. And for the Texans, probably the most positive thing is after a few week layoff, CJ uh, Stroud was solid. Um, no more injury issues considering the players they've already lost. They balanced things with Singletary on the ground and Nico Collins returning in their defense, which has been underrated. Six sacks were tough and just got at the Titans all day. Yeah. When so. they needed, when they got the other team was hopeless. Mm. Simple as that. Move Pro- on. The biggest thing to come out of the Titans this week is they announced, I think last year, multi-year extension for Vrabel, and he's going to be there for the long term. Uh, Michael Lombardi's reported that's not the case, and apparently he's not happy. Who's not happy? Mike Vrabel with right. the front office and the GM, and something I mentioned not long ago that if I was a Patriots person, if there was somebody out there, if you were going to get someone to replace Belichick long term with what he's done over there, Vrabel's a guy I'd be happy to take back. 
there's not many others that were expatriates or people of that ilk when people mention McDaniels or Flores that I'd want to have come back. But if this situation is true and he is unhappy with what's going on with the front office and what's happening there, come back. If Belichick's gone, this is about the only other person who's actually been out, succeeded and shown what he can do, that would be very happy to come back to the Patriots. So, interesting. Um, obviously, going to find out in the off-season what's happening with Belichick, first of all. Mm. And that's all behind closed doors with Kraft and him and the long relationship they've had. But, yeah, to hear that sort of news and uh, a possible situation there, considering it was talked that he was under contract long-term, is very interesting. It is, yeah. And for the Titans, I'd be worried because I think he's overachieved multiple well, times with what he's got. So happens. So that's about the only bit to come out. Before. Particularly when they've got that much cap room, like we said last week. It's a big decision organisationally. Mm. So the biggest thing coming out of Tennessee there is probably the news around the coach. The Bears continue to march on 37-17 to over the Falcons. They just controlled this game, and they've done it for the back end of the year with their run game. And their run defense. And with that, that turned into pressure on Heineke. He threw four picks. He got sacked four times. And on the ground, 200-plus yards uh, came about with the committee. Khalil Herbert, Rashawn Johnson, Foreman's not playing, but he's been good. Fields almost went for 100, uh, balanced with his arm. The link with DJ Moore's just got better and better. And the crowd was cheering. A lot of people are starting to question whether they stick with him or not, which is exactly what we talked about last week. They've got a decision to make here. Yeah. Do you reset the clock with a rookie and the salary cap or now from the one with the probably seven teams behind you in the top ten that need a quarterback, can you do what you did last year and turn it into more picks? Yeah. I'd be um, I'd be drafting one. <clears throat> I've seen enough. So, if you want to be mid-run, then yeah, be happy with it. Mm. Well, again, <clears throat> I'm just a shum schmo from Australia, but yeah, a lot of their analysts and coaches and people over there are starting to talk seriously about the fact that maybe they trade fields and they trade the first pick and gather more picks and pick up potentially the top offensive lineman, Marvin Harrison Jr. and extra pieces like they did last year, which they turned it obviously into yeah. DJ Moore. And the argument there would be that they're not they're not slammed up to be... Mm, that's what a lot of people are saying. Is it Williams? Is it Drake May? Williams talking, you know, the way he finished his year off and his attitude towards coming out and playing for a team, so... yeah. Um, Drake May's no home run. Jaden Daniels has been there for four or five years before he won the Heisman Trophy. So if, if that's the case for Chicago and that's their intel, maybe they do trade out and yeah, cash in. Like maybe. clearly worked out this year. They went one spot with Carolina. Yeah, and it's turned into a swag of picks and a starting offensive lineman. They've traded for a defensive lineman. The running back situation, the defense they've built, um, but it's one of those decisions they've got months now to decide. But I think the biggest thing if they do keep him. And I don't know how this works with agents now early. You can sort of start this, but I reckon it's more money. Like if he, if you've got to put it in your head that he gets Daniel Jones money or starter type money, I'd be resetting the clock. He's not worth 35, 40 million. That's what's going to happen. If he's willing to do a job. Someone will pay him that. That's the problem they're going to have. I don't think someone will. That's my thing with him. I think he'll end up with a middle tier deal like a love where he gets like a 15 or a 20 million for a year or two. I don't know if anyone's going to be willing to part with 30 plus million, but... If they do, they better have the right scheme. Because this is a very run-heavy sort of attack and they've got multiple running backs as well. That's why I sort of brought up here last week about the Falcons and the way Arthur Smith likes to work with a three-headed monster and actually getting someone in that probably fits that style. But... It, another wide receiver. 
Yeah, the number one uh, pick, obviously locked in now with the Carolina result. They've owned the tenth pick. They've got cap space, but yeah, I'm sure early in the year the narrative for everybody's changed. Everyone just thought automatically it's going to be a quarterback and somebody else. Fields' play at the back end and the way they've played brought up some serious questions. So that'll be the big thing heading in the draft for the Falcons. It's a no-brainer. We've said this multiple times now. It's not Heineke and it's not Ritter. Sort out your quarterback. I think it's more likely to be Heineke than than Ritter. I don't think it's either of them moving forward. I'm saying bye-bye Ritter. But... And then trying to get one. And if you can't, I'll be going with Heineke. Mm. So interesting off-season hasn't, coming. Hasn't been able to do anything, build any cohesion at all. Heineke has been in, out, in, out, in, out. Yeah, well, he's benched Ritter three times as well. So. Yeah, that's the only opportunity that he's had. That's been the a, point. Been a mixed bag, that's for sure. But I think Bears, things are looking positive, big decisions to make. But for the Falcons, somehow they're still in the mix this week. Uh, obviously relying on that Bucks result then beating the Saints in a divisional matchup. And then I think it depends on other results because there's so many teams on eight and eight head-to-head. So it's not going to be easy. Mm. Um, but they've still got a chance, as is the NFC. The NFC is much more open in that regard than the AFC has been. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we move on from that game. Ravens-Dolphins, this was a bloodbath. And the alarming trend continues for the Dolphins. They are one and four against any team above 500. They've had no problem with teams with a losing record, but anyone who's been in the winning side of things, uh, they've been towed up a couple of times now. And the Ravens, particularly in the back end of this one, really laid it on. Yeah. Pumping. Mm. It was close for probably a quarter and a half, and then back end of the second, they got two quick touchdowns in two minutes, took a 15-point lead. Probably the other alarming thing is the type of touchdowns. 75-yarder, 33-yarder, you're talking long-distance poor tackling, open field, and then to get bludgeoned to death at the back end the way they did, an insult to injury on top of that. You already lost Phillips, one of your pass rushers. You lose Chubb on top of it. Um, the defense was sort of the thing that was improving at the back end of the year, which is something they needed heading to the playoffs, but strip out your pass rushes there, make you weaker in that regard and get into the quarterback, give more time in the backfield, which is slowly but surely been exposed further and further. I, I sort of think for them depending how the seeding works, they might end up out week one. If the Bills roll into seventh or the Browns or however the seedings work out, if they get somewhere out that week one, I have no confidence in the Dolphins to win that game. We, yeah, it depends who's available. And health is the other question. Waddle missed the game. Hill's been playing at a bad ankle. Tua had three questionables heading into this week. Mostert didn't play. So it's not the right time of the year also to have health issues. The so, defense has been... Knocked up as well. You've got the Ravens, who now get the chance to rest players this week, potentially two weeks. And Miami don't want to play Buffalo week one. No way in the world. They probably want to play anyone but Buffalo. Well, imagine back-to-back games. You're not going to play. And in Buffalo. They're not going to hit Kansas City. Well, they could hit Kansas City if Kansas City loses this week. But, anyway. Yeah, tough scenario, but the Ravens... You want you want, you want want to see like Kansas City play Buffalo if you're Miami. Hmm. And then hope you get some guys back. So, well, I wrote our own rough sort of version looking, but again, it depended on who would rest and who wouldn't. And I think, what did I have? I had the Bills ended up winning and going. Winning, winning what? Winning that game and ended up being the second seed. So, and then I had the Dolphins out week one. I think they ended up matched up with either the Bills or the Browns as a result. I think. If they play the Browns, they're a big chance, the Dolphins, so, particularly at home. 
with the seating pending how that worked out, I'd build... I mean, they can't play the Browns because they're... Unless they... Yeah, okay. If, if the Dolphins are a wild card... If they lose, yeah. they drop in a wild card. Yeah. Yeah. If, that, if that's the case, yeah. If Dolphins have to go to Cleveland, that's going to be difficult. Because just, you know, it's going to be a night game, it'll be cold. Whereas vice versa, if Cleveland's got to go to Miami, that's... It's a huge advantage for whoever is the home team in that game. And then on the other side, again, depending who rested, who didn't, uh, it was Green Bay sneaking into the seventh. Rams already had the six locked up. And Philly with Dallas winning with a five seed. So that would make them play the winner of the South. Rams would play the Lions and Packers would play the Cowboys. So looking on that side, I ended up with the two championship games being 49ers Cowboys rematch and Bills Ravens AFC. If the seedings work out, our... I predicted on that website, but again, I I like Kansas City. Just, I feel like at the moment they're just dicking around a bit offensively, but their defense is is good. Well, if they go, it's really good. They're the three seed at the moment, and it's likely they stay there because they won their division. If it went off that seeding, they'd play Bills to make the AFC Championship. That'd be again, which has been a great matchup the last few years. I'd love to see Kansas City, Baltimore, or Kansas City, Buffalo. If it's not that. Game then. Well, I had those two be tough watch. and Ravens Browns week two, which would be awesome divisional game. And yeah. Flacco against his old team, the two best defenses in the AFC. If that's the way it shook out with the seeds, that'd be mint. Yeah. And then on the flip, 49ers Cowboys, great rivalry. And that, that would be great. Philly Rams. Um, or did I mess my seedings up here? I had this written. Yeah, no, it'd be 49ers Rams, so it'd be the two West teams. Shanahan versus McVeigh again. And it'd be Cowboys Philly divisional game. That'd be good. So same deal again. You end up with great matchups if the seedings fall that way. Mm. So fingers crossed. But again, it depends on rest this week and then two or three other results. So there's a lot when it comes down to this point and always gets complicated when resting comes in to the equation. But, you know, should be a good playoff series. Ravens, um, if you're them, if you've got anyone in doubt, surely this week you just take the week off, don't you? They are, yeah, yeah. They've announced that that's what they're going to do. And I know sport to sport, we talk about this, resting, not resting. Well, um, it's two weeks now. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's I, the I listened thing. to Travis Kelsey this week, and they talked about the last few years about that advantage or resting, and his brother asking him pretty much, and he just was like, no question in my mind, it is the best possible time of year for that to happen. To be at home, rest, if you even get the extra week on top of it, like he just pretty much put it as a knockout of the park, best thing that could possibly yeah. happen to him, so... We talk about a lot. You've got, go you got to go with your players anyway. Like, mm. Trust your players. Well, I look at someone like the 49ers last week. McCaffrey under a cloud. <laughs> Debo missed the last couple of weeks and a few injury-prone guys and Williams. Like For them, I think it's a no-brainer. If you get two weeks rest in the people you're managing or you're worried about mm. and then come out firing at home, it's on you from that point. But, yeah. Saints-Bucks, 23-13. The first half, it was all the Saints. Uh, the pass rush... Baker got no time. Second half, you know, after Carr makes a couple of good plays with Jawan Johnson, who made one of the best catches I've ever seen, and him ended up on his back. Um, he had a pick early second half. The pressure just kept coming. Then he threw a bomb to Trey Palmer, 55 yards. He falls over and fumbles himself. Like, his own team didn't help him. They couldn't keep him upright. They turned over the ball twice from fumbles. Then he had to risk it to get the biscuit and... Late, he sort of drove him into a position with a couple of touchdowns, but they only had 23 minutes of possession to 37. And the turnover certainly don't help. doesn't help. 
So none of that helps. The first Losing football. Yeah, the first half though, like just watching it, he could not stay on his feet. They could not protect him whatsoever. No. And when you're going down and you're three scores behind, and then literally the, the 55 yarder from Palmer was almost an impossible catch for him to drop it on touched on the ground was just probably a summary of where the day was going. Yeah. And it was at home with a chance to lock things up. Leaves them a little bit vulnerable, but luckily for them, with the head-to-head records, it's simple. They beat Carolina this week, who are the worst team in the NFL. They're in the playoffs. Yeah. So you'd think it's a bit of a gimme. They're, just, they're unimpressive, and every team in that division is unimpressive. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much where I was going to finish it. Like with Carr and everything here, I still look at the Saints and go, well, regardless of who gets in from this division. So what's the scenario? If Tampa lose and Atlanta win, Atlanta are in. No, I think because of the head-to-heads and the amount of teams in those wild cards... Well, actually, your they, division. If you, I, division. I think with the head-to-heads, they get equal, don't they? With the Saints, I think you're a game behind still. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was just, I was looking at the the odds for the playoff. Atlanta oh, is still mathematically alive. Eight and eight. And where are you guys? Atlanta's seven and nine, so they can go to eight and nine. Bucks would be eight and nine. Saints would be eight and nine. So, yeah, maybe they do win the division. I think it would come down to a head-to-head tiebreaker between the three. So I don't know who holds the advantage. We've already beaten... Um, we've already beaten uh, New Orleans. We went... I think we split with Tampa. So to go on divisional record... Mm. Head-to-head record's equal. It goes to divisional record. Okay. So I don't know. I think it'd, be, it'd have to be Atlanta. I think further. that's the scenario because I well, saw they're like... Go down, it shows you the divisional record, doesn't it? That's the draft oh, order. The draft. But I've seen a thing that said that the playoffs are determined by, um, similar to what you just said, if it goes head-to-head, it's a tiebreaker on the division. Hmm. And if you don't have a tiebreaker there, then it's obviously outside the division you played outside that record or overall record. But, yeah, it's fairly complicated. Well, it's not... Oh, when it gets to a three-way time, a point moving out. But they've got scenarios to resolve it. Divisional divisional record. That log jam's so much bigger on the NFC side. You've got those guys on eight, and you've got Green Bay sitting there on eight and eight as well. Looking on the outside, you've got Seattle on eight and eight, still with some chance, depending on results. Minnesota, I think they've got a very slim chance at seven and nine. I think even the Bears are still considered in the mix. Actually, no, they're eliminated. But, yeah, it's nuts how deep it is on that side and how the results could go to still get a team in. Mm. But there is a potential scenario, yeah, where they're all three are eight and nine. Where is so it? if, yeah, so if Atlanta, Atlanta wins, their division record will go to four and two. New Orleans would go to three and three. And if Tampa Bay lost, theirs would be three and three. Okay, so Atlanta then jumps both and wins Atlanta the division. Atlanta wins the division. So they need both to lose. Oh, they need to win and they need Just the Bucks to win lose. win and need... Car- is it Carolina, Tampa? Yeah. yeah so the chances are extremely slim. Yeah, you never know. But, yeah, for the Bucks, it's simple. Win and they're in. That'd be huge like, if it was New Orleans and Atlanta mm. playing for a well, playoff it, spot. It's even more crazy to look at the record. Like, at the moment, you're the ninth pick. So with that win, you jump all the way up yeah. into the wild card round. You move to 19th with your record. Yeah. Going from a top 10 draft pick to almost being in the 20s because of one result in a bad division. It's crazy. It is crazy, yeah. So big week for the NFC South. Very big week. Um, but yeah, big result here. Bucks set back. But again, if you're going to get a game uh, to make up for a gimme, 
I couldn't think of a better game. Bills, Pats, um, 98 yard kickoff return signaled a bit of bit of drama, and, and the Bills made it look hard, like they have done the last few weeks. But they scrapped their way through. Ed Oliver has been an absolute menace the past month. He got an interception off a deflection. He came up with a couple of big sacks. Rashul Douglas, his pick six. Like the, I know it's offensive players, but the tackling for letting him go 41 yards was absolutely awful. But Belichick defense, again, doesn't go away. Got a couple of sacks, got some turnovers themselves. They're pretty tough. Uh, I must say, Zappi at least has some resilience in him. The picks were awful, but made some plays down the stretch, ran a couple of times. They dragged this right down to the wire. I bet the Bills finally killed them off in the end, but they didn't go away. No, they didn't. And it's it's another one of these ones watching the Bills the last few weeks. Like, they keep winning, but my God, they're doing it hard. New England's defense was good. Been good all year. And yeah. like I said, it's a couple of the best players are missing. That's why I look at Bill and what's happening on the offensive side and that and think maybe if they just take away the drafting and you know the free agent stuff because he's bloody 70-something years old and get him more to focus on overall coaching and get him a good offensive coordinator, a little bit outside his bubble, maybe he can stay. But will he, is he willing to relinquish that control after 20 years there? If it's not the case, I think he'll walk. Because I'm sure other organisations will give him that control, but I, I don't know if I would if I was them. Yeah. I'd want him to be my head coach. I don't want him running my draft room in my free agency, that's for sure. That's fair. Because it's sort of been proven, unfortunately, the last six or seven years in particular, that's not a good idea. <laughs> they've uh, missed on a lot of players with some of the picks they've had, even in deeper positions in those drafts, where there's been guys you see pop up elsewhere. Yeah. So, um, yeah, awfully stubborn, but you turn over the ball four times, you get sacked four times, critical moments like that. And this was the Bills' defense that did this. Um, Oliver, like I said, has been a menace. Russell Douglas was a late mid-season trade for a mid-round pick. He's been great, a couple of picks. And Terrell Bernard, the linebacker, come up with a couple of sacks and he's been really big for them. So, um, for Allen... Luckily for him, the rest of the team's turned up because I've said it for the most part of the year that he's been the deodorant and he's been the one keeping this team stink-free. He hasn't been the greatest the last few weeks and the rest of them are chipped in. So mm. if they get it right on their day and they'll come together, the Bills could certainly be a threat in the playoffs. Yeah. But big week for them. Uh, implications could be as high as the two seed or could miss out, but I don't think that's going to happen. Cardinals, Philly. What absolute nuisance value they've proved to be all year. Well, they've just got some they did the, some big upsets, haven't they? They did the Cowboys. They did feel like, well, it's no fluke. We've watched them. They play hard. Mm. The takeover here with Gannon, Stike, and the two guys that left Philly to go to Colts and <clears throat> Cardinals have had huge impacts on their teams. Big time, yeah. Um, but yeah, the trade-offs at the start of the year, everyone thought they're going for the number one pick, they're tanking, they've done the complete opposite. It's been a culture shift. And at 21-6, complete control. Pick six for 99 yards. Julio Jones, you know, coming back from the dead, two touchdowns. They were in complete control, but second half, mate, they just went on drives. They shut Philly out. They only had about five yards to 144 in the third quarter. Kyler scrambled for his life a couple of times, made some plays. Connor on the ground was absolutely ridiculous. They just ran it down their throats and late there with a field goal at 31-28 have to drive down the field and they do and not only do they drive down the field they forget the field goal they score and they win the game with 30 seconds to go and for Philly you look at them again and thought first half here they are here's that confidence they're going to put on a score here they're going to get rolling first half was you know all uphill all offense dominant run game pass game the pick six second half couldn't stay on the field 
couldn't hold the ball, and then just absolutely bled on the defensive side like they have for the past month. It's crazy. So I don't know where this leaves them mentally, uh, but that was, to me, a huge hammer blow and a real concern going to the playoffs. Massive. Right, yeah. It's, uh, it's concerning, yeah. It's a real concerning. worry, but... They just look shoddy all year, mm. let's be honest. The they may be the team that just flicks the switch come they get playoffs. The, it was like 10-1, and one, wasn't it, they got to? Yeah, but yeah. unconvincing. I get that. I'm just saying that they got there in a lot of weeks. They pulled out the plays they needed like the last month or so. It's It's been something else. But Arizona, two picks in the first round. If you get this right again and they pick up a Marvin Harrison or another lineman, or maybe they want to turn their pick into more. I don't know. But they're in a position here with what they've done with their new coach, drafting, getting extra picks and cap space where they seem to have got their culture, which was absolutely toxic, fixed in less than 12 months. The building blocks are there. Yeah. So well, I'd, if I'm them, I'd, I'd be really happy with the season regardless of the record. There's Big time, yeah. a positive change at the Cardinals and it's going to be very interesting to watch them next year. The West, the NFC West is a very tough division and it's only going to get tougher. Young Seattle team that's been up and down but picked, collected a lot of young players. You've got the 49ers. You have them back on the up. There is no easy games in that division. Absolutely not. So, no. Jags, Panthers, no surprise. 26-0 and just poop. It's pretty much summed up. Lawrence misses his first game. They ran it down their throat. Eddie Ann, 100-plus, two touchdowns. They got six sacks. Their two edge rushers, Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, dominated. And um, This is pretty much summed up with the Panthers owner supposedly throwing a drink on fans. From his box. Did he really? Apparently. They've got some video footage and there's been a bit of talk about it. Te- Tepper? Is Tepper? David Tepper. Yeah. A couple of people not happy or saying that... Why would he uh, do that? Well, for a billionaire, you think you'd have better emotional control, but the he video didn't better security great. As well. well, he was in like a box and it's like it's an open window and he's like second part back and it looks like he get, does enough to get it out the window. Whether he was just... What, was someone giving it to him? Uh, I, I, it was hard to see the video, but the way I looked at it is he's almost having a bit of a rage but I don't know if he threw it at the fan you're or whether yeah. he's just throwing the drink but I'm like fuck mate you're a billionaire Yeah, I don't think he's going bad and he's got other teams that he's fired coaches for but now you're being a bit of an irrational billionaire for a guy that's made so much money let's have a look um, but yeah there it is there so heard some things I only saw it on my phone so it was a smaller picture but apparently he loves the drink and some are arguing oh did he just throw it in there or did he throw it at the fans but why would he, he throw it full stop that's the thing Mate, you were still, you're always going to be the worst team. That wasn't going to change. Yeah. The number one pick, that was locked in. It's guaranteed now. But <clears throat> yeah, some people aren't happy with the actions of a billionaire. Well, How many been? years has it been now? It's like six years. Uh-huh. Like he bought them when Cam Newton was there. They've moved on from him. They've had a couple of interims. I think they've had six coaches in that time between the interims and the. Yeah. So there's the footage. It sort of goes away. It's funny how someone was recording that whole time just to get that. But yeah, this guy's climbing up in the box like, what the fuck? So, doesn't look like anyone was yelling at him. Onto opposing fans. Hmm. But looks like he's had a bit of a tanny and uh, throwing it and it's gone out. So It's not great. No, nah, it's not great. I'd be interested in that audio you've got there, but might watch that afterwards. But um, Yeah, it's a big off-season for them and the number one pick, which should have been theirs, is not theirs. Well, so, like I said, you've invested in Young. He's going to have to do the opposite of what he does with coaches. He's going to have to stick with it and try and build something around him. Definitely, yeah. Oh, I think he's a good player. But 
poor bastard certainly gone into a hard situation. Shit uphill, yeah. And this is what we talked about the other week with Caleb Williams. Like it or not, what he's saying, this is why some people might stay with NIL money if they don't like the situation they're going yeah, into. Exactly. They might look at it and go, "My career will be over in five, six years anyway." Yeah. So I'm better off staying here. But yeah, certainly big one. But luckily for them, it's going to the Bears. If I'm uh, Caleb Williams and the Bears are interested in me now, I know he wasn't on the list at the start of the year, but looking at the weapons in the situation, yeah. Probably not too, it's too bad a place to be heading right now. True. Things are on the up. True, true. Uh, Colts, Raiders, back and forth, stuck together. Slim chances for the Raiders, uh, but no surprise here. Same thing it is most games. Devontae Adams, O'Connell, found him time and time and time again. This sort of fizzled out in the middle part of the game. The Colts were in control after a you know really good first drive. Two long passes by Minshew to Pierce and Downs, but... Fizzled out a little bit late. Got their opportunity to tie things up. They kicked a couple of field goals and they closed it out 23-20. There was no time left when Vegas scored late. And then Pierce spoke about the situation um, in terms of the year, where they're at now, their season being over and who's coaching. But I guess for them, there's been a lot of links this week with Raiders and Michigan. You've got ex-Michigan with Harbaugh. people with Harbaugh. It was reported by... Uh, Schefter who's Michigan Tom Brady's trying to buy a stake in that and apparently they reckon he's still trying to get him with the Raiders set up and might be pushing that it's his agent Don Yee there's a lot of talk about the whole Michigan train here okay. linking together and pushing towards Al Davis interesting or Mark Davis sorry yeah. but yeah their information over there source wise is generally a lot better than some of our papers guessing here but there was uh, a lot of links Everybody. from one another to another to another to another so a lot of people aiming in that direction. If you're Harbour, I think anyone out there who's got an open job would be mad not to look at him with what he's done. I know he can be maybe a bit of a prickly bastard at times, but his track record speaks for himself. That's everywhere he's right. been in college, everywhere he's been in the NFL, he's been successful. Yeah. And we're talking about culture setters and building something, not just you know a 12 to 18 month project. If I'm the Chargers or I'm the Raiders or I'm anyone in that sort of ilk right now looking for a coach, that's the number one man, I think. Yeah, yeah. If if that's where he's looking, which it looks as though that's going to be the case, there's one other side to this as well. Pete Carroll, when he come in, he know he knew the draft a lot more than others being at college for a long period. Oh, it's an advantage. So yeah. he drafted well for the first two or three years deep. You look at Harbaugh, who he's recruited. Harbaugh did that in San Francisco. Exactly. So coming out as well, not only go to a team that potentially has a good quarterback, if you say go to the Chargers, as opposed to. Las Vegas, but if you're Las Vegas, you're certainly going to be leaning on him in the draft with the amount of first and second round picks they've had fail or be cut. That's the thing with the Bilicek thing doesn't make sense. Like His best mates with Saban. How doesn't he nail the draft every year? Well, that's the thing. He's also the one who told him Mac Jones was a good idea and the first year it seemed like a good idea. It's gone backwards from there. But that's why I question more the staff he's put around himself. He's got his sons, he's had O'Brien, he's had Patricia, he's had Judge, he's had people that aren't even offensive. Yeah, I'm not talking about, I'm just talking about the draft. Mm. Well, I, I, I must say, we do have a lot of Bama guys in our defense that are good. Mm. Barmore, and, and there's been multiple others that have been pushed that direction. Dr. Hightower, so he's nailed that sort of picks. Mm. Defensively, again, this year, Gonzalez was looking great. The offensive picks are horrendous. Yeah. Like Nikhil Harry, that draft, I think we could have got AJ Brown or multiple other guys. Like there's many situations that have been thrown up where we've completely missed the boat. He wanted Lamar Jackson, or they talked about Lamar Jackson that year, apparently. We could have picked him. We didn't. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, there's been a couple that have been thrown out there that were pretty glaringly obvious. It's always good, good in hindsight, but particularly offensive positions, he has not drafted well. Yeah. And that side of the ball has been terrible since we lost Brady and McDaniel. That scared me the other day. There was like the deals multiple times for McDaniel back and forth that Kraft might put him or Flores in. I thought with what's happened with Flores and what's happened with McDaniels a few times now, please no. Do not do it. That's why the variable thing got me just a tiny bit excited. So a little bit of hope. But with that, yeah, interesting for Pierce. And if Harbour came in, would he keep him on his staff? He doesn't strike me as that sort of person to just keep somebody around for what they've done I think he you know, might interview him or consider him if he thinks he's mm. worthwhile but I'm sure he'd have his own ideas in play about coming in he yeah. sent two of his coordinators the last couple of years to his brother Will McDonald the guy there was at Michigan who's at the Ravens now so I'm sure he's got some staff out there that have been with him at Michigan that he'd be interested in Yeah. Um, and yeah that knowledge but for Vegas, that's their biggest decision this offseason and then sorting out the quarterback. But for the Colts, the dream's still alive. Huge first year. Their first round pick, their quarterback not there. Minshew's been good. Taylor's come on late in the piece. They've found a couple of reliable receivers and their defense is underrated, in my opinion. Yeah, Matt, like, yeah, they were predict- predicted to be nowhere. I thought they were going to be toilet bowl. And they're somewhere. So. They've uh, well and truly exceeded. Right under the coaching staff, yeah. Mm. And the players are. Rams, Giants, 26-25. Again, talk about sloppy. Um, nearly costly in some respects, but they got away with it. And more crazy, did you see the finish? No, I didn't. I didn't see this Well, Tyrod Taylor had a two-point conversion to win the game, wide open for Saquon Barkley, went to pitch it and threw it at his foot. They literally blew it. It shouldn't have been the case. Yeah, blew and it. this come off a punt return that had some of the worst effect defense you've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. So it was a 94 punt return by Gunnar Ozluski with a two-point conversion to win the game. All they had to do was pitch it, and it fell short. Yeah. So pretty much summed up the Giants here. But the Rams played with their food. Anytime they took a lead, sloppy play on the back of it. Puka again, 118 yards. I think he's just shy of all-time record for, for yards for a rookie wide receiver. Mm. Kyron Williams three touchdowns again defense made a couple of plays but they were also quite sloppy at times but the last play was some scary shit and poor old Dayball I don't know he needs to go on holiday it's been a rough year they couldn't have loved him anymore last year but uh, things have certainly turned this year and he's got some decisions to make himself with the draft I think they're going to land in the top 10 they're going to have to surely take a reset in my opinion if Jaden Daniels or someone's there, they can't sit on this Daniel Jones contract and just think that's going to be good for the next few years. Yeah. But that's your only sort of way out of that jail. But yeah, worrying for the Rams. But again, um, six sacks and, and got the job done. I think they're still good nuisance value on the other side. Big time. Yeah, big time. Yeah. You got the, the NFC's not stacked. Nah. Like, like I said, even the Lions or the Cows, anyone that's sort of showing leaks with their defense, if they can control the ball with the run like they have shown yeah. they've got Stafford they've got Cup they've got Nakua a couple of big names still on defence they could roll somebody could yeah but you've just seen that footage now some of the worst defence surely you've ever seen yeah, I just don't know why they like why well, they didn't hold their integrity as a line like why did they all just fold in that's the thing with the gunners half the time they just all sprint down oh this God. gone it's he, behind him he puts that on him though he scores yeah he's in I know it too. It was crazy. Absolutely crazy. 
But that two-pointer, oh, sorry, there's a couple of minutes left, but it was a huge opportunity. So it would have put the Rams in a, a tough position. Right? Yeah. 49ers, Washington 27-10. I don't need to say much here. It was pretty sloppy in the first half, but second half they were dominant, 17-zip. Purdy exercised some demons, got some reps in. Um, they cruised through this one. They had possession for 38 minutes. They got some reps into Elijah Moore and a couple other guys. Rested McCaffrey, Debo. They got um, the ball. The, the, the Giants got the ball back with a minute to go. Yeah, I know. The crazier part is, though, like I said, they defended to get him off the field and they had another opportunity. But they should have just made the two-point yeah, conversion. Yeah. I know. The defense is horrendous. They had chances to win this game. It's nuts. 54-yard field goal and he missed it. Yeah. Craziness. So, I mean, the, the Rams, oh, legit, oh. just... They just left the door open a couple of times at the back end. Old Mason Crosby come off the scrap heap. Not a good day for Mason. No. So, yeah, 49ers cruising this one. Don't need to say anything. Yeah, there are a few toilet bowls. No. Mm. Resting some players, ready for the playoffs. Um, then the Washington, it's what we said last week. Quarterback, second pick, new coach. They've got some big decisions to make. Yeah. It's going to be a long offseason. But I don't see it getting any better this week. They have to roll Dallas to stop them from being the two seed and help Philly. I don't think they're going to be trying to roll anyone this week. No. I think they've shown that they're uh, packed up and ready for holidays. So, Pittsburgh, Seattle. This one, big issue all year for Seattle has been run defense and certainly the case here. 200 plus yards on the ground and three touchdowns, 38 minutes of possession between Warren and Najee Harris. Mm. They stuck with Rudolph. He's been doing a job. You know, he was safe with the ball, 18 of 24. The few times he pushed it downfield for Pickens and Johnson had a bit of success, but uh, enough to find a bit of balance, which they lacked at the start of the year. Their defense does a job. Uh, with that lack of time, it, it forced Seattle to have to push the ball and not run. They put points up, but I think the biggest thing, again, was that control and that possession. Left them without time, and they got out there with 30-20 lead and closed at 30-23. But Seattle's been gashed in a few games on the ground this year. So run defense, definitely an issue. Uh, really hurts their wild card. They've got a chance, but it's uh, a few results that need to go their way this week. Yeah. And for Mike Tomlin, I think that's 19 or 20 years in a row now, winning record. They've lost a, a lot of close games this year, Seattle. Yeah, within seven or within one score. One a few, but yeah, they've lost lost the stack too. So Tomlin just keeps on winning. No losing seasons ever. Yeah, particularly with the roster they've got. Mm. Well, the Since quarterback the situation. Player, yeah. Um, yeah, and he's dealt with it a little bit in, over the years. KC Cincy, this one again, ugly. They closed it out. I think it was like six field goals in a row. Couldn't have a scoring drive. Pacheco got things going on the ground. They still dropped the passes. Like, it's the same frustrating shit every single week. But their defense turned up and their running game came to the fore. And Butker's foot is amazing. Mm. So you'd like to look at that side, which all year, top five defense, good special teams. Everyone's sort of doing their part there. Pacheco, when he's there, just runs like he's angry at the ground. That bloke is one psycho when he runs. But Kelsey's been bad. Mahomes has been bad. The other receivers, besides Rice, even he's still had some drops. If they sort that out at all, they're a big threat. Yeah. It's just We've just been waiting and waiting and waiting, and we still haven't seen it. But with the top five defense and the other parts and a kicker who can hit them 50-plus, like no man's business, kicking six in a row in this game, they're right there. Yeah. But after a positive start and two touchdowns for Browning, ran one in, threw under Mixon. Um, yeah, defense put the strangle on. They sort of stagnated after that. They couldn't get anything going. 
couldn't get the ball to Chase or Higgins. And, uh, yeah, again, KC's defense and the other parts of the team come up big. And for Cincy, season over. Burrow back next year, but we know that now he's been paid. Uh, they've got some other decisions to make. T Higgins, some other big names. It's going to be an interesting offseason. The pinch gets felt when you have to play the quarterback. Broncos Chargers, uh, just this was a horrible game. When little Humphrey Jordan scores the way he did and the way they missed him, it absolutely fizzled out in the middle. There was a couple of field goals. It was uneventful. No one was moving the ball. Stidham did okay considering the circumstances, but the biggest story here is still what's going on and what's come out since with Russell Wilson essentially being told weeks ago, threatened pretty much, uh, that they were going to bench him or whatever if he didn't give up his injury guarantees and other things which, to be fair, the Broncos can go fuck themselves because you, you got the contract. Um, then Peyton stood up and was pretty smug in his press conference and the way he delivered it like he had nothing to do with it, even though he's been yelling at the bloke every single week. What an absolute nutbag. So it's going to be a fun off-season. Yeah. He's well within his rights. They paid him the deal. Oh, he's um, entitled to stand his dick. You know, they didn't have to give him a new deal. He had years to run, but they did. And they gave him those guarantees with injuries and he's been there for 10 plus years. So why would you give any of that away? Yeah. Literally, like he said. And they went on a winning run why he knew that they basically were threatening him and wanting him to go out. So I'm not the biggest Russell Wilson fan, but you want to talk about handling yourself with a bit of class and dignity in a tough situation. I think he's certainly done that. Yeah. But the bigger issue here with that contract and potential cutting or trading, I don't think that's going to pan out in the end I think they're just going to have to if they want him gone they're going to have to cop it on the chin and pay whatever they owe in terms of I don't know guarantees or what's locked in with it and you know cut him to go do a new deal elsewhere like happened with Carr I don't think anyone's going to trade for that contract and he doesn't have to restructure no that's right so you know what they gave up for him what they gave him in the new deal and they didn't have to that's on them it's got nothing to do with him And, and to be honest with the way it's been handled now why would you want to help them when they've done that to you. That's fair. That's probably the bigger thing. If they wanted to do it in a particular way or talk to him or try and word it or push some money down the road or find another way, but to come at him the way they did, yeah. I'd be in no way incentivized if I was Russell Wilson and want to help that team now. Pretty much just be sitting there going, call me when you find a trade, if yeah. anyone is willing. If they're not, well, I guess you're just going to have to make a tough call. Ta-ta. So, yeah. Uh, and for the Chargers, again, biggest thing is who's going to coach them. Herbert's there. Got some decisions to make. Defensive stacked, but it's still bottom three. Huge decision. Mm. Good roster. Massive decision. Uh, and Packers, Vikings, went to a fourth quarterback, Jaron Hall, the young bloke from BYU, to try and spark something. Big ask and didn't work out. Five from 10, 67 yards. Went back to Mullins. Their defense got absolutely gashed. Love. His confidence at the back end of the year has been really, really good. Three touchdowns here. Ran one in himself. Um, it was 27 Oh, sorry, 23-3 at the half. It was game over. And for the Vikings, sort of felt probably reset mode was the way to go at the start of the year, but they've pushed through. They've won enough games now. They've sort of put themselves mid-pack in terms of pick. Um, and they're a bit of a buy-in salary cap, but the biggest thing here is what happens with Kirk Cousins. After rolling through a couple of quarterbacks, what sort of situation you know, do they come to there where maybe they appreciate more what he did, but also understand his age and he's coming off an Achilles injury? So maybe they both look at each other here and say, we need one another. Let's meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah, It's not going to be $40 million again or something like that. Maybe it's 20, 25, or they put some injury incentives in it to get a bit higher. But they maybe come together and say, we want you to stay, but we also need a little bit of room here to still be able to manoeuvre because this is why we moved on from Dalvin 
feeling, etc. So the only way this works is if we come to some sort of middle ground. Yeah, I think that's fair. And he's been there for a long time. He's been living there. He was there the other night ripping his shirt off and blowing the Viking horn and doing the skull clap. So, but that was good. all looks of it, he seems still pretty committed to wanting to be a Viking. 100%. But Packers, slim chance of a wild card with a win. Um, I think it'd be a huge achievement first year without Rodgers, considering the injuries and issues they've had on defense with the youngest offense in the whole league to make the playoffs. That'd be a big achievement. Massive achievement, yeah. And probably not spoken enough or not, and it happened the other night. Like, Jones was huge in this game. He's been injured or missed the majority of the season. Mm. So he hasn't had that run pass balance the whole year. The defense has completely let him down the last, you know, five or six weeks. To end up where he has at the back end and see a bit of development and the way he throws the ball, especially deep, with some of these young receivers they've got, they're in a really good spot if they make some smart off-season decisions. Yeah. So, yeah. That brings us to the end of uh, the review side of things, but a look into the week ahead and that playoff picture that you talked about. Um, trying to get it back up here. Those one seeds, like we said, both locked in. More than likely, you think they're going to be resting. Dolphins, two seed, or could be the wild card. Bills could, again, be the second seed or a wild card. The Chiefs, I think, can even pop up and still grab that, can't they? 10 and 6 if they get to 11 and 5, or sorry, 11 and 6. But the Bills have a head-to-head over the Chiefs, don't they? They played earlier in the year. I think so, yes. Yeah. So that's why they could end up. Browns are sitting there locked in at the 5. Um, and then, yeah. You've got Texans and the Steelers. The head-to-head doesn't matter if, unless you're wild cards, isn't it? Yeah, so I think they could push up in the seed, but there's only Texans and Steelers on the outside, both at 9-7, and seven, along with the Colts and the winner um, of their division. So that's what I mean. There could be two South teams get in still. Yeah. But there is a scenario where the Bills could fall out, but it's going to take a loss and a couple of other results, which I just don't see happening. Whereas you look at the NFC, there's 12 teams still in the hunt. Which is just insanity. All the way down to you guys who are twelfth most likely. Your probability, even if you win, is thirty-three percent. The Vikings, ten percent chance. Saints and Seahawks look like they've got a better chance, but Packers and Bears is no gimme. The way things have been going, divisional game, the way they're finishing for the Packers, they win, they're in, and the Bucks the same deal. But Packers lose that game, and then it opens up for a couple of those teams under to sneak in. So. Interesting, but on the other side of that, everything is pretty much locked up except the South and that last wild card. So, Bucks, Carolina, more than likely you think they win that and they'd be the four. Um, and then the seven, if that was the Packers, like I said, would mean Cowboys, Packers, week one. And Bucks, what is it, two, seven. Three and six, Lions, Rams, and Bucks, Eagles. So Stafford going back to Detroit. That'd be an interesting matchup. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Philly, Bucks, chance for Philly to get things right. Cows um, up against the Packers. Some big games and then potentially division matchups on the flip of that. But yeah, looking at things right now, the Browns and the reason why, like I said, I was pretty confident. If it's the Jaguars or anyone from the South who get them as the 4-5, I think that's huge for the Browns. That's a very winnable game. 
it changes things the week after. But seeding-wise, um, if the Dolphins fall backwards or they go there, it's more than likely they end up at the Ravens. But divisional game, two great defences, that's no gimme either. Like That'd be an awesome game to watch. But I, yeah, no, I, I legitimately think, depending on the seeding, that they're a dark horse on that side of the draw to at least make the AFC Championship. Mm. Atlanta win, Tampa Bay lose, yeah. Then, mm. well. I think the Dolphins are absolute fodder now, and that injury certainly hasn't helped, whether they're the two or a wild card. Yeah, I disagree. Well, let's put this I think way. they can win a playoff game. If they drop down to six and have to travel to Kansas City, good luck. Can't say it. Outdoors at Arrowhead. No, it'd be tough. But, definitely. But I don't think Kansas City are fine either. So. No, I don't. I just think the, the road game and that weather with the way they're going at the moment and no Mostert and losing a couple on their defense, um, that it would be a very tough ask. But very open, very, very open. Very exciting couple of weeks. This week, some of these results, I think most of it looks not, not a shoe in It's mainly the South that are undecided. But, yeah, there's a little bit to play up. Um, so let's have a look at these matchups and what we're going to have a crack at this week. Pittsburgh at the Ravens, $2.50 outsiders at home, pretty much telling you that they're going to rest. So it's here for the Steelers to win it and then wait results. Yeah, I think the Steelers are. So if they're resting, obviously on board with the Steelers at $1.55, actually not bad multi-value really. $1.55? No, if they're resting. Um, Texans... Going to Indy, they're a dollar eighty favorite. The Colts, two dollar outsiders. So they need a Buffalo. Pittsburgh need a win and need a Buffalo loss. Yeah, or Jacksonville loss. So there is a scenario, and I, I think they're both possible because Vrabel was pissed off last week about the way the Titans played and said that they want to give hell the last week to the Jags. Good. And the Jags with no Trevor Lawrence are certainly no gimme. I think they're going to give up the run game as easily as what the Carolina did. So. Right. That's one I'm certainly taking interest in, but my heart here, I'd like to see the Texans win and get in, but so would I, yeah. Colts at home were a tough out. So, um, interesting one, almost to pick them. The Falcons, outsiders, going to New Orleans, $2.37, $1.60. The Saints, do you think you can get the job done? I've got no idea. Did you play this year? I like the fact that um, like it's we're outsiders. Mm. I think they'll play relaxed, but... Yeah, they're hopeless. Whoever gets in is going to get fucking caned. Well, those first two, Australian time are on a Sunday, and then all the rest of them are on Monday. So that game's first one up. Cleveland at Cincy, again, $3 outsiders, which is telling you enough. They're going to take the chance to rest some players this week and get fresh because there's nothing to gain other than the wild card. So they're going to let chips fall as they may. Cincy, um, given where their season's at and where it's finishing, I know they're a $1.40 favourite, but... They might rest some guys just knowing the season's done. Chase has been playing injured. T's had some issues. Yeah. He come in and out of the game last week. They might yeah, rest him on too. Avoiding gambling on that. So not betting on that one, but they're a dollar forty favorite. Jags at Tennessee. They're a dollar forty two favorite at the moment. The Tennessee Titans two dollars eighty eight. I think the biggest issue has been scoring points. Hmm. They've still been tough despite losing defensive players. But whether it's been Levis, Tannehill, even Henry's running game this year, they've struggled to score points. So. For the Jags, if they can make it a dog fight with them, good chance. But for the Jags, it's simple. Winning, you're in. So I'd be taking them uh, at the moment. Bucks at Carolina. They're $1.40 favorite. Carolina, $3. There's nothing that could make me pick Carolina. 
it's been a dreadful year, and I think Tampa will right the wrong and find their way into the playoffs. Jets at New England, they're outsiders. The Patriots are seventy. The way they've been playing, I'd take the Patriots, even though I really want them to lose, so we're top three. But I think the Jets are that bad, and our defense is semi-competent, and our offense is definitely better than theirs, which is really hard to say because our offense is shit. Hmm. So Patriots at home to finish off in a toilet bowl, they win, I think. Yep. Minnesota with a very slim chance, depending results, going to Detroit. If I'm Detroit, I'm pissed after last week. I want to make a statement. Dollar sixty favorite. I want to close out and close out well. Yeah, I agree. So I'm going to go the Lions here. Oh, Dan talking about biting off kneecaps and fighting for a inch. I think that might come out this week. Bears at Green Bay, divisional game. This will be an absolute belter, I think. But the Packers at home, dollar sixty favorite. Um, I smell an upset. I think the Bears can ruin their wildcard spot. I just yeah. think defensively, the way Green Bay's been, that they'll leak on the running side in particular. Mm, interesting. Um, and that gives me some worry. I know that they've been moving the ball pretty well, Green Bay, in terms of their passing game and the running game last week looked good with Jones, but their defense has been awful. Yeah. So if the Bears can bleed them and keep possession on the ground, put some scoreboard pressure on them, they're tough on the defensive side of the ball as well. So $2.35, I think, presents a bit of value. Dallas at Washington doesn't matter. They're a dollar ten, six dollars seventy. Cowboys, yeah, I'd be trying to do a demo job the first half and then get some players off the field. Yeah, make sure you've got that two seed locked up and you stay on the home run until possibly the NFC Championship. Um, Rams at 49ers. 49ers still the favourite at the moment, and that I'm assuming that's both sides resting because mm. if you're the Rams and you're locked up, same deal. Cut Nakua, a couple of guys been playing with some niggles. There's no point playing. So these two could both send out second teams here. So another stay away. Seattle at Arizona must win a dollar seventy five, but a divisional game in a team that gives no fucks about ruining people's seasons. They've left a dent in a couple of teams here. I'm sure Arizona would love nothing more than to ruin Seattle's chance of getting in the playoffs. <laughs> so I don't think that's bad value either. At home, two dollar ten outsiders. I'd hope for a bit more, but the bookies obviously cautious. Philly at New York. Barely got away with it last week. New York almost got away with one last week again. There's no gimmies in divisional games. They've been going that bad that I would not touch this game. But if you like the Giants, by any stretch, $2.95 and a half start. But Philly have been going terrible. It's true. So they're not a team I'd be betting on. No. Denver, Vegas. Poke your eyes out. Divisional game. Traveling to Vegas, $1.70. I think they finish with a bang. Um, the Denver thing's just got a smell around it, the way things have been going. Last week wasn't impressive. Yeah, I'll be back in the Raiders. There's plenty of effort, at least, on the Raiders' side. And the last two to close it out, the Chiefs against the Chargers, no quarterback. Chiefs are $2.27. So, again, speaking that they're going to rush players. They've locked in the division. They can't move anywhere. Their seed might change, but no point. Take the rest while you can. So, 100%. chance for the Chargers to win a nothing game here and move in the draft, which, again, I'd be trying to tank. And the biggest one probably of the week all to play for the East and the potential second seed. It's the Bills traveling to Miami. They're a $1.63 favorite, the Bills. Miami $2.30 outsider. Three points start. Mm. I like the Bills. I know it's been sloppy, but I think when all's said and done yeah, so do I. and the week where it needs to happen, I think it's all going to come together this week. Yeah. They dished them earlier in the year after a slow start. They've got them missing their two best pass rushes and off the back of a shellacking. They haven't beaten it. They've beaten one team out of five with a winning record. 
Mm. So this year is more of a game I look at and think this could be the hammer blow to their season. If they beat them here, break their confidence, push them out of the two seed and they're a wild card, and then they roll into somebody week one, uh, potentially at KC or at Cleveland, good luck. Yeah. Could be an abrupt end for the Dolphins, unfortunately. (laughs) But there you go. MVP odds now, Lamar is $1.005 after last week's five touchdowns. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Purdy, Dak, uh, 15, 23, well behind. Um, offensive player of the year, McCaffrey's like $1.20. I think defensive player of the year. Now swung in the favour of Miles Garrett. Coach of the year is now Kevin Stefanski with the Browns going 11 and 5 with four quarterbacks. He's $1.30, I think I saw. Interesting. So things have tightened up in all those markets. Yeah, I, don't, I don't do those awards until the end anyway. No, and the comeback player of the year, like I said last week, DeMar Hamlin's been the favourite all year. Flacco was 20-something the other week. He's now $2.25. I'll be back, Flacco. So he's come in a long, long way, old Flacco. It's been a hell of a ride. But there you go. Last week, then we're into the playoffs, mate. Yep. It's been a good good season. And this is another reason why I'm glad we don't do our fantasy up until this week now. There would have been a lot of holes with a lot of guys pulling their players out. Yeah. It's a tough one when you get to this point in the season and people have got nothing to play for or they can't move. So might be an ugly week, but I'm sure the playoffs are going to be great. Some of those matchups and the potential seedings for the whole way through, it could be an absolute blockbuster. Yeah. So fingers crossed. But for now, have a good week and enjoy the games on the weekend.